All right, here we go. Live episode 23 of the Lucas Grandsire podcast. Like I always say, very creative name for a very creative guy. Very excited about today's guest, Jim West, head coach at MMA Gold. What's going on, sir? How are you? You know, I couldn't be any better. Very blessed. Uh, just kind of running around, getting ready for class here in about an hour or so. And uh, lots of fights coming up. So just busy, having fun, enjoying myself. Sounds good. And I see that uh, to go along with the coaching, you become a podcaster recently, right? We see you with James Lynch, all the guests from your gym and all that good stuff. Like, seems you guys have uh, got that going on. Yeah. Victory Loves Company. Yeah, we launched that a little bit over a month now or so. We had been kind of kicking things around for a while and um, finally got things together. And now we're rolling with our podcast. So what was it that made you guys want to start a podcast? Obviously, you guys were messing around. Quality looks good. You guys brought in a quality host and James Lynch and everything. Guests are good. Like, you got you guys came out swinging for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, James and I have known each other for quite some time. Um, and, you know, we've kicked around different ideas. And this one kind of came up. But part of it is because um, I've been approached kind of a, a few different times now about doing some different types of things um to with some of the fights and kind of comment commentating on some of the fights and um doing different things so kind of thought you know let's start with the podcast kind of get get things going get things flowing um and uh yeah we're rocking and rolling so hopefully it continues to go i think we have chael on tomorrow i gotta check with our producer but i think chael sonnen is our guest tomorrow and um that'll be a riot i'm sure we'll talk about a bunch of shit and <laughs> Hey, we'll keep it, we'll keep it, uh, you know, uh, fun tomorrow, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. With Chell Sun, I like how you just casually dropped the, the big guest, right? Like, oh, the, the on, only Chell Sun in for the podcast. Like, even the first yeah. one, you guys, I believe, came out for his Griffin and stuff. Like, you guys are not messing around on this podcast. Yeah. I mean, you know, fortunately, like I said, I'm very blessed. And, and, and James is uh, one of those media guys, he's one of the best in the game. He's known, he's been around for quite some time. Um, and you know our our contact list is is pretty up there, um, so uh, we put kind of things together. We have an awesome producer in Amanda England, and uh, she kind of goes out and, and uh, timelines everything. And goes out and gets our guests and um, creates a creates a format, does a bunch of stuff, and uh, yeah, so it's it's going well. Very very happy with it. So, so why'd you guys choose uh, James Lynch as kind of your media guy? Like, is it about knowing that you have a guy that you can trust, knowing that he's good in front of the camera? Like, what was it specifically that made you guys like, you know, this is the guy that's going to, uh, you know, keep things going? Yeah, man, I mean, he's, he's kind of one of those guys kind of like yourself where it's real easy to talk to. He doesn't really push too much too much bullshit, you know what I mean? And and some of the fighters with, with certain certain higher, higher names in the media that they're kind of pushy and they ask, fucked up questions and, it, and it's kind of annoying and james isn't one of those guys and uh we've we've known each other some, for some time so we had a good relationship kind of that trust was there um so it just made sense all around so it's got to be good for you and your fighters as well right because that way you know you have like a good platform to bring them on make sure they do some media get their names out there right like that's got to be a big benefit that maybe people don't talk about but even for you you can sort of make sure that they're doing some sort of media and you know getting their name out there getting some hype for the fight Yeah, especially those guys that are coming up, like um, Aspen Lab, little little huge brothers, getting ready to make his uh, debut here on the end of Mar at the end of March. So, you know, like you said, a lot of these guys, uh, you know, they think fighting is just fighting, and, and obviously that's a big deal, but um, they have to learn to what it what it means 
to be a professional while you're an amateur, right? So you're prepared by the time you actually say those words and become a pro that um, you're ready for media. You're, you understand what it's like to travel. You're, you're, you understand all the aspects of what that means to become a professional. So um, it's a good avenue for a lot of those athletes that um, um, are not quite in Bellators or the UFCs or 1FCs and, and those types of things um, to be able to kind of put them on that platform because it is a big platform um, to, to, to go on. And um, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's good for many reasons, right? Like, you know, obviously the UFC athletes will get on and all that stuff, but it's great for those, those guys that are coming up, those regional pros, those amateurs that are becoming pros, et cetera, to kind of have that ability to, to learn what that part's all about too. So yeah, it's great. So I have to ask, like, what what time do you guys shoot the podcast? Because it seems every time, like every episode, there's always a comment about how early it is, right? Like we saw with Aspen Ladd, a bunch of a bunch of people. It's always like, man, this is early. Yeah, it, how early is it? It's rough. Yeah. So so right now, and it depends on if I'm out of town for fights or something, right? So uh, right now it's set for every Tuesday at seven a.m. California time. So um, fortunately, many of our guests have been kind of that Midwest east coast so 7 a.m uh, for us but it's nine if it's like midwest and it's 10 a.m if it's east coast so for them it's not too early it's for all of our west coast viewers you know that that they're struggling like man 7 a.m um, so we'll probably switch things up eventually but right now it's um, set for 7 a.m pacific time every tuesday there we go. Who do you have that's currently preparing for fights? I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I know you have so many athletes. Like, how many people are you helping prepare with their their training camp and all that good stuff? Um, let's see. Fights coming up. So, the 20th of March, Damari and Renault and Max Griffin. Um, so both of them, and then we just got booked another one. Uh, April 16th, we have Greg Milliard, who is making his Bellator debut. Greg Milliard's actually uh, Jarzinho's uh, cousin. Uh, and uh, one of Jarzino's uh, uh, grappling instructors, he's a uh, black belt in jiu-jitsu. And so Greg's making his, his uh, Bellator debut April 16th. Um, Andrea Lee, May 15th. Uh, and I'm sure Anthony Hernandez will be sometime after May, I would, I would guess. And then Aspen will be in the summer. Um, so, yeah, we're just kind of rolling along and, and doing our thing. Very happy. It's, it's, it's a good time. It's a fun time to be in the gym. Lots of stuff going on. A lot of, hopefully soon we'll have a uh, quite a few more international fighters getting kind of looks and things like that. Once we get kind of visas under control and all that kind of stuff, that's that's kind of been the the hurdle right now with a lot of the international guys. Is with COVID, it's kind of screwed up a lot of stuff, and um, you know they have to have certain visas to be able to even get here. So once that kind of clears up, there'll probably be a lot more. We'll have to assume COVID's made a lot of things complicated for you guys, too, because you got to make sure no one catches it. I'm sure you're in Vegas all the time. Quarantining, it must feel like, you know, every single week. Like, it must have made everything. I don't want to say hell, but it's definitely complicated. It's interesting, to say the least. <laughs> and one thing I'll say, it's actually kind of cool, is that, you know, the UFC, they rent it out. Um, it's a Marriott right off of the in a non-kind of crowded area so it's kind of cool because the only people that are allowed in the hotel is, is the fighters and then the and then the corner right and then obviously security so it's kind of nice for for in that aspect when you're cutting weight and kind of just having to do fight week it's much easier um you know than being in a big hotel if you're in vegas and on the strip where there's a lot of people kind of in and out um but it is different you know you have to test at home so like if we had fights next week i would test at home this week and then you'd fly in on a tuesday you'd test again you're quarantined until wednesday 
then you're kind of free, I guess you'd call it, for two days, Wednesday, Thursday. But really, the only place you can go is the Performance Institute. And then you're back Friday. You test again after weigh-ins. Then you're quarantined to fight time. Then you fight. You come back. You're quarantined in the hotel again. You jump on a flight and head home Sunday. So fight week is very different. Uh, media is much less, of course. Um, but I think probably all in all, I bet the fighters probably like it as far as the um, the quietness behind it and being able to kind of just move around because you essentially almost kind of have like a whole floor to yourself when you're at the host hotel. So it's, it's cool in that aspect, I guess. But just so many tests. I think I've been tested probably close to 50 times at this point since May. So it's, it's like, man, hopefully this stuff ends soon. Well, it's got to be good for your peace of mind too. Like anytime, like, you, you know, like regular people, it's like, yeah, you breathe a little bit harder going up the stairs or you feel something in your throat. You're like, here's the COVID. But for you, it's like, you might, you, you know, in real time, you know, if, yeah. you, if you're good or not. I mean, I'm not going to get all political into the, is what my opinion of it is, but no, I'm not really worried about it anyway. It's just another, another respiratory virus. There's like 200 of them in, our, in the world anyway. So it, it is what it is right well in these, in these times. So we just kind of have to kind of play by the rules. So how's it been going in terms of like, we, we know Marion got it. So she got, I believe, pushed back two weeks or something like that. Like, has that made it tough? Like fights are getting shuffled all over the place, right? Like with the constant testing and everything, that's got to be complicated training wise too, especially with peaking and the weight cut and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Yeah, Anthony tested positive too. I mean, we were supposed to go to Abu Dhabi and he tested positive and so we pushed it back right to February. Same with Marion. I mean, a lot of our guys have already had it and kind of been through it. So, um, yeah, but the UFC has been great because they're, you know, they're rebooking the fights, right? They're just basically, okay, they call, you're positive. I mean, Anthony Hernandez and I and, and um, our other uh, coaches, Kelly Nunson and, and uh, Blake Kelly, my guy who were all in Anthony's corner, we had all been training. Like, we didn't even know. We were training that night, and all of a sudden the UFC calls our gym. We're like, hey, Anthony's positive. We're like, well, news to us. We were all negative, but he's positive, right? So, um so they, the UFC has been great as far as that goes, right? They're just, hey, you're positive. Hey, when do you want to, when do you think you can fight next? And, you know, we kind of give them a date and they're like, and they usually accommodate and they try to keep us with the same opponent. So, um, you know, they're working with it too. You know, I mean, we're all just kind of in it, right? We're just doing our best to play the play by the rules. So, but yeah, it does mess with a little bit, you know, with the peaking and things like that and kind of having to tone it back. And then, okay, if you're, you know, if you're, depending on where you're at when you tested like positive how far you are down on your weight like can we start eating a little bit more now or you know so there is a little bit of an adjustment <clears throat> so uh, an example like marion for example who's got the fight you know it was rebooked and all that good stuff what what kind of adjustments did you guys have to make in that one because it, it is a little bit complicated because i believe we did get pretty close to the fight like how does how does her camp look now compared to how it was before um we just kind of took a step back right because marion got it then it got rebooked and then Macy got hurt, and they got rebooked, right? So, um, you know, you just kind of got to roll with the punches. We just pulled back, you know, um, on how hard we were pushing, um, and and kind of upped our food a little bit more to kind of kind of balance things out. And then, um, you know, we just readjusted that way. So um, we're now what two weeks away. So um, we'll push another few days, but we kind of pushed stopped with like a lot of the the real hard contact type stuff. Because it, it's not really necessary. Um, we've been doing that for already long enough, so it's really just staying, kind of staying healthy, keeping our weight in check, being able to adjust our calories a little bit, um, yeah, and staying sharp. So I mean, it's 
it's frustrating, but it's it you kind of know, right? You can expect like there's things that are gonna happen during this weird time. So um, yeah, it's it's frustrating, it's annoying, but kind of is what it is. So I have to ask, but in uh, in battle of the the coaches, right? Who who has the best hair out of the coaches? I feel like I feel like you it, you would be part of that pound for pound list, right? It seems like every time we see your haircut, I thought <laughs> I'm looking pristine and everything. Well, a fun fact is I actually cut my own hair because it's wow. like. I got tired of them, like, okay, because I like my hair cut all the time and short yeah. and kind of just tidy. So I'm like, you know what? Back in my college days, like my sophomore year of college, I was like, man, I can't afford getting $10 haircuts every like two days, right? So I was like, I went to Walmart, bought some clippers. Man, did I fuck up my hair bad for years. And I'd throw on a hat, let it for wait for it to grow back, and then I'd cut it again and try it again. And do it. Now it's kind of like, man, I can cut my hair in like five minutes. So I just use a mirror in front and you use a mirror in back. And I use the clipper and the shaver and the hair and the clip uh, scissors and stuff like that. So I'm kind of a OCD when it comes to that. Wow. There we go. I figured you're just always in the barbershop. You're one of those guys that bring in the barber from, uh, you know, out of town to fly in. But this is all done yourself. <laughs> yeah, I've been doing it myself now. God, like I said, since my sophomore year of college. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to age myself, but. It was a while ago. Let's put it that way. So, so how did you learn? Like, it couldn't have been just trial and error. Like, were you watching, uh, you know, uh, videos? Like, have someone explain it to you? Because fading sounds simple when people explain it, but when you actually get in there, like, it it is hard. Nope, I trial and error, man. I fucked up my hair bad. Try for the first year, like I screw it up, like cuts and divots, all the kinds of things. I throw on my hat, just wait for it to grow back, and I try it again and fuck it up. Throw on my hat. I get made fun of all the time, but. I played baseball in college and uh, the guy would me all the time about what the fuck are you doing with your hair, man? Like, just throw my hat and try it again. Uh, see, I admire that because when, when quarantine happened and I was like, all right, so it's either you rock a mane or you try to go at it yourself. Like, I gave <laughs> up and just I just shaved it. I mean, you know, and I was wearing a yeah. hat during the interviews and people were like, lose the hat. But it's like, yeah, but I'm bald. So, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not used to that. So, uh, you know, I, you have to admire someone that goes at it and figures out how to do it and st- sticks with I'm it. I'm persistent, man. Persistent. That's the way I was uh, kind of raised. And that's why, you know, we've been successful. You know, I've been successful. Um, kind of in this sport for 17 years, you know, I got into it and know anyone or just kind of fell in my lap, had to learn it on my own and no one helped me. I, you know, uh, the only guy that was around at that time was uh, Alex Grunder, who was our wrestling coach at the time. Awesome dude, awesome coach. And we kind of just fucking figured it out on our own. You know what I mean? And so it's kind of the same thing, right? Like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to try. And if I fuck up, I'm going to try again until I get it right and kind of take that approach with everything. Exactly. Uh, you you mentioned building up your name and stuff like that. How do you feel like your name is in the industry? Like, you know, there, there's certain training camps that people are always going to mention no matter what, whether they're successful or anything. But do you feel like you've finally reached a point where your name is being mentioned along with the elite camps and all that good stuff? I don't know. You'd have to answer that question. You know, if answer that, answer that question. I mean, yeah. um, not really looking for, you know, like to go out of my way for you know, notoriety. I mean, the athletes, you know, we do our job as coaches and and hopefully the athletes are successful. And that's what, what matters at the end of the day. The athlete's hand raised is there is no amount of uh, value you can put on uh, your athlete's hand raised at the end of the day, especially at the highest levels. And, um, you know, I know that our athletes that are in the UFC, I, I was running numbers not too long ago, and we're someone like 75 and 20 in the UFC and all, all of our athletes, Bellator athletes and stuff like that. So, you know, that that kind of speaks for itself. I mean, we've kind of taken a, I've had, uh, you know, teams of 50 before, 
you know, several times and I got rid of that shit. There's too many, too many, too many factions that happen. Too many guys and girls starting to think, well, why is this guy getting extra time? Why are they getting extra time, et cetera, et cetera. We cut it down, you know, quite a bit substantially. And, um, you know, we have six coaches. And in my opinion, you know, I, I hate it when I hear fighters or other people say, we have the best coaches in the world. No, there's a lot of good, really good coaches out there, a lot. And, and I believe that we are collectively as a group, some of the best in the world. I'm not going to say the comment like we are the best, you know, th that's subjective. And, you know, but I will say we have some of the best coaches at the highest level in the entire world. And I think our performances uh, speak for themselves. You know, if, if, if fans know me, um, media knows me, you'd have to answer that question. Um, that that's uh, based on what we've done and what we tried to accomplish and what we try to do. Uh, um, say I would say we're very different in the aspect individual attention. Um, with six coaches, um, guys can get individual attention whenever they want it, and so it's very different. You know, you don't you don't have a room of fifty people, and they're all jockeying for position and, and this and that. No, when someone fights, the the attention's on them. Um, the focus it's very different. Our system is is unique in that way. So on the show, I always like to, to talk a little bit about the media side of things. I think, you know, people see like the media's perspective. Sometimes you don't really hear about the behind the scenes stuff, like how the coaches see it, how the fighters see it and stuff. But how would you say your, your relationship is with the media? Like, I know it's a little bit, because, you know, you host the podcast with James, obviously, and, and everybody loves James and the media. But how would you say your relationship uh, with the media is? Well, I'd like to believe it's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've never really had, a, you know, anyone say anything to me. I mean, I... You know, I've done, you know, several, several of the ESPN shows and different things like that. And, um, you know, done many podcasts and interviews and things. I, I think everything is, is good. Not any problems that, that I know of. I'm sure there's people out there that hate me. I mean, it is what it is, right? No matter what you're going to have, if you're successful doing something, someone's going to hate you. It's just, this is the way it is. You know, that's just it's the nature of the beast, whether it's media, another team, and a fighter, whatever, you know, it just is what it is kind of thing. Um, but I think I have a good relationship with the media. I mean, uh, are you enjoying it? Like, do you notice that your athletes enjoy it too? Because I think the biggest complaint I hear everybody say is like, you guys always ask the same shit every time. Like, even Poirier, I was listening to him on uh, Joe Rogan, and he was like, they all ask the same shit. Like, it sounds like everybody has a real big issue with that. Well, it's just like, man, if you're going to have it done, let's talk conversation. You know, let's have a candid conversation. Let's just talk. Don't ask me, you know, if you're the fighter. Don't ask me about how my fucking weight is or how I feel or what do I think about my opponent. No, it's bullshit. Look, look, I, the answer is going to be, you know, I, I'm fat as fuck. Uh, no, I'm not prepared. I've been watching cartoons the whole time. I'm not, you know, it's like, just have a conversation with us. You know what I mean? With the, with the athlete. And if it's a coach, have a conversation with them. Talk to them candidly. Just talk about shit, right? Like you're sitting around having a, uh, having a beer or a cup of coffee, you know, like it's kind of like what we're, we're doing now. And I think that's probably what a lot of them get away at or when they dig, right? Like they're trying to like dig and get you to like say some shit it's like man I'm not saying anything type of thing but you know it's because you know it's like causing controversy right i mean the media does a lot of times they want to create story um and i get it but at the same time it's annoying so sometimes i feel like they go a little bit too far trying to create a story like i saw a video today of uh chel sonnen where i think he had lost the title fight at bellator and then somebody out in somebody very you know notorious but i don't want to say his name because you know but <laughs> anyways he asked him a question he was like you know how, how would you, what would you say to your father right now if he saw you or something? It's like such a, you know, and I believe his father had passed away. 
it's like it's such an emotional question. Like you know exactly what you're trying to do with that one. I was like, I'm not oh, yeah. sure if that was the most appropriate setting for that. Right, and that's that's kind of what I'm saying is, is like, man, why even go there? You know what I mean? It's just like, just keep it candid because a lot of times the coach or the fighter will give up information. If you just have a candid conversation with them and you just kind of you know talk, they're probably going to be more at liberty to just to talk and, and speak freely and give it. So, but when you dig at them and you know you ask them questions it's like man i'm, I'm kind of done have you had those those interviews like that where you know halfway through you're like you know all right i'm about to turn this shit off or i'm gonna start you know <laughs> be, being dry you know what i mean like sometimes the answers they go from really long to like one word answers like have you had those moments before where you're thinking like let's end this as soon as possible um i mean i, I haven't really personally for me um and even if i was annoyed i just kind of went with it but I know some of my my fighters have for sure. Like I asked them for one, like I'm not going to say any names or anything like that as far as who they were media-wise, but let's just put it this way. There's certain ones that she won't even talk to at this point. Like, I'm done with that shit. I ain't doing that no more. Um, but it happens to the fighters, I think, more than it does the coaches. That's true. I'm seeing a big thing with coaches too is a lot of people, they'll bring on coaches and won't talk to the coach about anything relating to them and everything is – about their most popular fighter, right? Like I always hear uh, Javier Mendez. Everybody talks to him about Habib for like 30 minutes. No one has said a single thing about Javier. Sometimes, and I understand why it happens, but it would seem pretty crazy. Like, you know, would you necessarily want to do that if, you know, you're just talking about somebody else the entire time? Yeah. I mean, I think it's part of, kind of par for the course, right? I think the coaches probably, you know, they're kind of known oftentimes by how you succeed in training your athlete and if they're successful. So I think it's kind of par for the course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it does get a little bit like, is there anything else you want to ask kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so uh, out of your fighters, like who would you say is like the best at like sort of the interviews? Would it, would it be like Max Griffin? Would that be like the guy that's the, the best at him? Yeah, Max is good. He likes being, uh, he, he's good on camera. He's good on the mic. Uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. Andrea's pretty good. I mean, she's just goofy. You know, Anthony's a freaking goofball too. Like Aspen's just, she's asking not bad but i mean as far as like yeah just like that true like i'm cool with being being on camera and being behind a mic i would say max for sure so i am curious about one thing with max is it felt like going into i believe his last fight i think that was against remiz like it yeah. felt like mentally some, something was different about the fight i mean even both fighters the way they were talking about it you felt like there was maybe some underlying tension or something like that was there something different about about that fight like it felt like maybe something was something was different about it um, you know, there was so much kind of talk from the other side as far as not, and they, not just the other side, but media too, like as far as like how good Ramiz's grappling is and he's just going to grapple Max to death and et cetera, et cetera. You know, I think it's just kind of Max got tired of hearing it type of thing. Um, I don't, I don't want to say there's any bad blood per se, but it was just kind of one of those things like fucking tired of hearing this shit. Like I can grapple too if I want to, you know, it's. Um, you know, these guys are in the UFC. They're all, they're good at they're good at every at everything. They're good in all aspects, and it just really boils down to what the plan was and how and who sticks to that plan better. You know, and then who can make adjustments in fight. You know, the best. But yeah, there was a little bit of, I guess, animosity on the you know, on the other side as far as that whole. You know, because Ramiz is a decorated grappler, and so it's like, oh, Max is going to get taken down. Blah blah blah. So it's the same kind of shit like people say about Aspen, like. Everyone thinks that that they're going to go in there and grapple Aspen or they're going to clinch with her. And, and it's like, you guys don't fucking even realize how good 
how good someone like Aspen is and how strong that girl is. You, you lock up with her, you kind of have a real different kind of take. It's the same thing with Max. Like, Ramiz, you know, there was a few times where they kind of got in that clinch scenario, and I, and I, I think people quickly realized, man, fucking Max is really strong and real real tech, real tech, technical in these spots. Uh, and it changes the mindset real quick. And we were prepared for, you know, that. and um, So, you know, it turned out real well for Max. And it's funny you do mention the grapplings. I did uh, listen to, you know, they both did a podcast, Top Turtle. Shout out to those guys, Daniel, all those guys. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is when Max got to, you know, the the grappling part where they were talking a little bit about grappling, you felt like all of a sudden he kind of flipped the switch, right? He was like, oh, this guy thinks he's going to come in here fucking take me down and hunt me for the whole fight. Like, you did feel like there was a certain, like, hell no, this ain't happening. Like, why does everybody think this is going to happen? Like, I've been here too long. You did feel like there was some sense of anger about it. Like, really? You guys think he's going to do this to me? Like, it just... You, that was something that I had picked up, yeah. you know, before the fight. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it was just—I think he was just tired of hearing that shit. Like, Max can grapple, man. If you go look at some of the stats, like Max is up there, like grappling exchanges, takedowns, takedown defense, all that kind of stuff. It's just, you know, each fight presents a different kind of challenge, right, and a different plan, and a different path to victory. And you know, a lot of time, and, and, and lately, a lot of the times hasn't our path to victory hasn't um, included a heavy grappling, right? But it doesn't mean we're more prepared for it or, you know, overly concerned about it. One thing that, that one thing that we do a lot is whatever someone's good at, we, we respect it, but we also are prepared and feel we can go and beat you at it too, right? If we need to. So um, that's kind of one thing that we kind of hold that, that kind of that chip on our shoulder. Like, okay, great. Is there, I mean, use Anthony, for example, like, yeah, great. We're fighting Hidalgo Vieira, the greatest probably jiu-jitsu guy on the planet in his prime, right? Like, like, did did you think we weren't prepared? Did you think like we weren't gonna like assume that we might be in some of those positions that we were in? We 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 planned for that for three fucking months. All those positions he was in, we knew we might be in those positions. But if we stayed calm, continued to move, continued to follow our progressions based on what jiu-jitsu is gonna tell Hidalgo to do. And based on what we knew we needed to do to continue to to make those grappling exchanges happen and continue to to make Hidalgo use energy by trying to hold Anthony down, that there was not a surprise to us. It was a little bit of a surprise that he submitted him. We kind of we all thought as a team we were going to win by TKO in the second. But what's funny is is that choke that Anthony does. If you aren't prepared for it, which most people aren't, you're going to defend the way the wrong way and if you notice when Hadolfo was fighting like he pushed on Anthony's knee we all sat back when Anthony went for it in the corner we just all sat back and said just leave him alone because we knew he was going to finish it and as soon as we saw Hadolfo push on the knee we knew he was fucked because he's defending incorrectly um so it's just like yeah we respect you as an athlete and who you who you are right and and what your attributes are but that's where it ends then we focus on us not focused on you anymore. Like, okay, yep, we know what you like to do. Cool. We know your tendencies. Now we're going to focus on us. And now you got to fight us. Um, and we kind of hold that chip on our shoulder. Like, you come to the fight and tell us you're going to do this, that. We don't, we don't do that to you, you know, and, and we're just prepared. And, and, and um, we go out there and we, we perform that way. That must have been such a great feeling, though, watching him get that submission. Like, the entire talk all week, right, is how he's going to get submitted, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you, everybody flips the switch. Like, must have been such a great feeling just as a team to see that. And it's like, you know, maybe we'll get people to shut up finally. Yeah, it was awesome. It was, it was fantastic. You know, it, it, 
it was amazing. It's probably one of the bigger upsets in the eyes of the MMA community. Uh, I don't say maybe ever, but it's up there. And so uh, let's talk about Aspen a little bit. I know uh, you posted a video of her running on uh, Instagram. I believe you said she was doing really well physically and stuff like that. How exactly is the recovery going? I know you guys talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but when can we sort of, uh, you know, expect to see her fight again? She's doing great. Um, she's at PT probably right now as we speak. Uh, we'll be in Vegas this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, for some testing and some uh, kind of a checkup. Um, she'll fight this summer, probably August. Must have been a, a pretty scary feeling with that kind of injury, right? Because you never know, like, is your athlete going to come back at 100%? Are they going to come back, you know, better than before in some situations? Like, even for you guys as a team, that must have been kind of a, you know, a scary thing to deal with. Definitely for me. It was a, her last hard day of training. And normally I keep the rounds. We only spar once a week. And usually I keep the rounds at like five, right? And I was like, man, everyone looks pretty good. I'm, I'm going to add another round, right? And I never do that. And a minute left in the last round, extra credit round that I did, it just blew out. And I, I still hold a lot of like fault to that. Like it was my fault that, that I let that round happen, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but if there's anyone that's going to come back stronger, it's going to be asking. Like it, I don't know. I, I, I can't say that I feel bad for any of the girls that she's about to fight, but I sure in hell wouldn't want to fight her. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how, how was that for you mentally? Because, you know, I'm sure you do put some some of the blame on yourself. And it's not your fault, right? You didn't go out there with some scissors or anything trying to attack anybody. But mentally, no. it couldn't have been an easy situation either, especially with the kind of relationship you have with your athletes. Yeah, that was brutal. <laughs> That's the only word I could think of. Um, because I just think in my mind, I'm like, man, I never do an extra credit round like this. There was no reason for it. And I did it. And sure as shit, she got hurt, right? So. I, I do take some blame for it because normally I never do that. And I decided to do that. So that was, that was my fault, right. For kind of allowing that, that last round to happen. And yeah, shooting, that so happens to happen. So yeah, not brutal. That's the best word I can say. Brutal. All right, listen, before we officially wrap things up with the shout outs and stuff, cause I'm sure you've got a ton of stuff you want to plug, but before that, What's a what's a great twenty twenty one look like for MMA Gold? Like, what's the ideal kind of scenario for you guys this year? Um, my goal, if I was to create a goal for for the, if we're talking about the UFC athletes, or we're talking about the the ones that are coming up, UFC athletes, I want to see all three of our uh, the three guys that are in there: Jamal Emmers, Max Griffin, Anthony Hernandez. I'll enter the top 15. That would be a goal that I'd like to see happen. Um, and then just the, you know, Andrea Lee, Aspen, Marin to, to continue to climb the ranks and, um, and continue to do what they do. I mean, it, you know, I don't really look too far ahead. I only look one fight at a time, but, but that would be a cool goal to achieve, to have every one of your athletes that are in the UFC all ranked in the top 15. Like that's, I, I can't say that there's probably I don't know that there's a team out there that has every one of their athletes that are in the UFC that are ranked, right? Like, I don't know. But that, I think that's a cool goal to try to try to achieve. And I think we can. For sure. It's a, it's a very feasible goal. Very, I mean, very realistic. Listen, when we end this podcast, it's always about the guests. So I'm sure you have a ton of shout outs, right? You have a podcast, athletes, fights coming up, all that good stuff, social media. So anything you want to plug, all that stuff, you know, the floor is yours. 
yeah, if you tomorrow tomorrow morning, seven a.m. Pacific, you want to get on the Victory Loves Company podcast. Hear some hear me talking shit with Chael Sonnen. You know, get fun on. Um, shout out to all the coaches at MMA Gold, Jake Duangara, our Muay Thai coach, Justin Durham, our wrestling coach, Mike Guy, our boxing coach, Nick Gonzalez, our kickboxing coach, Doug Casebeer, our um, strength conditioning coach, Elliot Kelly, our other grappling coach, uh, all the athletes, everyone that supports MMA Gold. Uh, just thank you guys. I couldn't. I, I can't thank you enough. My family, friends, all the athletes that I coach. Thank you for allowing me to coach you. Uh, thank you for listening. <laughs> um, you know, just yeah, everyone that's involved, man. I, I couldn't. This doesn't happen without all those people and all the um, coaches and family and friends. And everyone that supports it. Um, it takes a village to to be successful, and I'm very thankful for for everyone. All right, well, there we go. Well, listen, Jim, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And for anyone that made it here to the end, it's always good for the analytics to make it to the end. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks, brother.